today on The Breakdown. In some places, they say, what happens in Monte Carlo stays in Monte Carlo. But this, this ain't staying anywhere because this got out. This was Adrian Mateos playing on day two of the Monte Carlo EPT. Are we still calling it the EPT? I'm not sure. We're going with that. And he played a pretty cool hand against Ashri Lamani. So cool, in fact, that we're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You acted as if that's not just the premise of this show. <laughs> that's just what we did. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's correct. I did try this and make it This crazy thing happened. And it was so cool. We just are going to do a podcast about it. Yeah. Unlike- I mean, that is, that is, okay, that's the premise. Yes. Yeah, so I'm just describing the premise, but that makes sense to describe the premise in the opening, you know? Like yes. they rebuilt him. They spent $6 million. Now he's made of, you know, metal and steel. Yeah, it's it's like, good to say that at the beginning. It's like Marv Albert before a game. He's like, well, today we found out that there were some really good athletes in this gym, so we're just going to have ourselves a basketball game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. But, you know, I mean, if you don't know that Optimus Prime can turn into a Ford Explorer or whatever, like, it's good to be reminded of that at the beginning. Does he turn into, like, a truck, like a yeah. semi-truck? Yeah. It's not a Ford Explorer. Pickup. I think a pickup. No, I think it's like a semi-truck. I really don't know. A se- oh, he does turn into a semi. You're right. Yeah. See, I need to. I need to be reminded. I need that at the beginning of every Transformers movie. Obviously. So, by the way, want, you want I saw the preview Prime for Bumblebee? To, to like, you want to, you want Optimus Prime <laughs> to turn to the camera and be like, "I'm the one who's a semi truck." <laughs> well, he doesn't have to be so, you know, obvious about it. He could just sort of like drop it into normal conversation. It's like, so back when I was in my other form, which happens to be a semi truck, <laughs> I, I was, you know, yeah, I, you know, that'd, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Or someone just says like. What are your favorite cars, Optimus? And he says, you know, I don't really have a favorite car, but as you know, I'm a I, chose, <laughs> I chose to take the form of a semi. Yeah, that would be uh, helpful to me. You know what would make me want to watch Transformers more? Is if they just added one thing, a character trait to Optimus Prime, that he's like a Phil Helmuthian level name dropper. Just like <laughs> He's like in the middle of a fight. He's like, this is just like the fight I had against Kanye West, my good friend. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it would make the, sh- the whole series much more interesting. I'll give you that. I think I'm going to call up the studio. See if Michael Bay, Michael busy, busy Bay wants to, to you know, collab with us a little bit. Sadly, the Bumblebee movie look like, looks like it's already completed. And so it's whatever's after that. That's the sixth Transformers movie, by the way. They've made six of them now. That's well, crazy. They're not quite on Fast and Furious pace, but they're, they're doing pretty well. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Hey, we're going to talk about poker today? Yes. All right. When? Soon. Really soon, I'm Not sure, sure when, though. <laughs> it's coming. It's, it's definitely coming. coming. Right. Ashri Lamani. Yeah, so this hand was suggested by Magnet Carta yes. on Twitter. Jonathan's favorite Twitter name. I do like that name. Yes, he sure does. Um, and it does happen on day two of this EPT Monte Carlo main event, which is... One of the top five events on the poker calendar, I would say. Ooh, look at you. Top five? You don't I, think so? I disagree. All right. Let's name them right now. Let's go. Uh, I'm talking... Are we counting super high roller stuff? Let's not. Okay, obviously... Oh. Okay, so let's not. Main event, Australian... Uh, what's PCA. Yeah, and PCA. Aussie and then, Millions. Those three are like auto. And then this. The Monte Carlo? Yeah, that's like their their EPT main, or it has been in the past considered. I like, mean, they've the EPT main has been in different countries at different all different seasons. They would move it around. It was in Barcelona one year. 
It's in different places. I think the Monte Carlo one has like a special level of prestige. I think, I think the LAPC is in the top five. Oh, maybe so. Um, I would I would think there's probably another World Poker Tour event that's in the top five. Maybe the Borgata. Maybe not the Borgata. Um, oh, the Bay 101 shooting stars. You know, the, I don't know. The I, bounty I, think, tournament. I think the EPT Monte Carlo main event's a bigger deal than that. Maybe it is. You're being biased based on your location. Yes, I am. Yeah, I will admit this. Um, knocking out super high rollers really does take some of the the joy out of it though because like how can we not say the aria super high roller ball such an obvious one right well yeah but, I, but I let's include like... super high rollers for a second what are our top five the main event it's still main event pca aria super high roller aussie millions aussie millions so it still is everything we just add the aria and then it's the one drop yeah i guess yeah yeah okay so we had two super high rollers fair enough all right so let's talk about the hand okay mm. So we have who is described by Joe Stapleton as um, Israeli Bryn Kenny. Yes. Because he's from Israel and he looks a lot like Bryn Kenny and he has a similar style fashion sense. When he plays on live at the bike, that's his actual name. Israeli Bryn. Because, you know, they do that on live. Jonathan made that up. Yeah, but they do that on live at the bike. Yeah, but now they don't have Armenian Mike anymore because he's a scumbag. I'm sure he'll come back. You think they're going to get him back? I don't know. Don't they? Didn't they? They actively banned him. Casinos ban people for life a lot, and then six months later, those players are back in the casinos. That's TJ, very normal. TJ Cloutier style. I mean, any style. I played in many. I mean, I used to play in a very consistent uh, cash game in a casino thirty minutes from here. I used to play three times a week, and multiple people were banned quote for life, and six months later, we're back in the game. Multiple people. So it's just relatively normal behavior, I think. It's what? just like, are you okay? You're gonna you're willing to come back and play rake, and you've learned your lesson. Great. That's how yeah. the casinos feel. What Armenian Mike did was pretty egregious, though. Oh, it was awful. And it was actually worse than the kind of stuff that I've seen people get banned for, I would say. Yeah. Like, even, like, getting into physical fights, which I've seen, um, this is worse. Might this be, is, like, more ban-worthy ban behavior, I should all say. All right, although we already talked about it on the podcast, we now have that to I brought it up, it. now we have to yeah. uh, say what happened or else people are going to get Absolutely. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Do a quick synopsis, Jonathan. Okay, so blah, 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 Armenian Mike and Ryan Feldman and other people too, I think are in this hand on the river. Ryan Feldman rivers, the nuts, I believe the nut flesh um, checks to Armenian Mike who takes a stack of, or not a stack, a rack of, I think 20,000. And I think there's only like 8,000. I think it's 10,000, but whatever it is, whatever it is. And he, he puts the whole rack in and lets go of it, like releases the rack into the middle of the table as someone would when they're betting a rack. Yeah. Like that looks like normal behavior. Ryan Feldman, as soon as I guess there was no one else in the hand because Ryan Feldman instantly drops the chips in like as fast as you can. Armenian Mike immediately pulls the rack back and says, I was just joking. You know, I'm just joking. Obviously I'm just joking. Now, number one, it wouldn't matter about any past behavior. That is clearly a bet and a call no matter what. Yes. Number two, Armenian Mike had done this behavior three times earlier in this session. People had folded and he had collected the pot each time. So he's just free rolling. And, at one point, Ryan even said, so if Alec, because I think Alec Torelli was in the game, if Alec had called instead of folded on the river, would you said you were joking then? And Armenian Mike actually said yes. I mean, the guy doesn't even like, it's like, yeah. It's like, so you were, so you were just angling that. Just if, so it, it took like 15 minutes for them to figure out that Armenian Mike really had to pay Ryan because Ryan didn't want, as Ryan as a producer of Live the Bike, didn't want to strong arm anyone on TV, especially one of the whales in the game. But also, Ryan's like, that money is mine. So it was a weird thing. And as Grant likes to call him, the hero of Live at the Bike, Garrett Adelstein eventually spoke up. Finally, someone spoke up and said, clearly, and he did it really well. He said, no, clearly, that's a bet, and clearly, you have to pay him. There's really no way around it, no matter what. And 
the, the, the thing that was really messed up about it was the floor came over and ruled correctly, but then said, Ryan, it's up to you if you accept this ruling and sort of put it back on Ryan Feldman, which if Ryan Feldman wanted, he could have demanded the money before, like, I mean, Mike release the thing. Like the floor's job is to protect the players from that exact spot. And it said, like, you give the money to Ryan. If Ryan wants to give the money back to Armenian Mike later, he can do it. Like, but that's a different conversation, which the floor should not be allowing Ryan to have. Anyway, so this whole thing happened in Armenian Mike. You should watch the video. It is alarming. And the fact that it takes everyone 15 minutes for him to get paid, for Ryan Feldman to get paid, is really ridiculous. Yep. It should have been a 10-second conversation. Yep. You were joking. Too bad. You lose. Bye. Or, you know, stay. Whatever you want to do. That money's Ryan's. Goodbye. Over. Next hand. All right, so that's how Armenian Mike got banned for life. That was kind of a long-winded explanation. Yeah, but it kind of felt like we needed to say something once we brought it up. I'm Uh, passionate about it too. I'm like a little upset that it's a really dirty. It's a really dirty angle. It's awful. Yeah, it's the kind of it's the kind of stuff you you I fear like playing no limit hold'em. You know, people angling in those ways and getting away with it. You know, right? Usually nobody's going to get away with anything near that at a casino. You'd be more worried in like a private home game. Yes, that's right. Anyway, let's talk about this tournament. Okay. And there's no angling in this hand or anything like that. Just <laughs> wow, so happens that right. we brought that up somehow. Just, oh, it's because, because you Israeli, said his, uh, Israeli Ben Kenny was his live with the bike. Sorry, thing. everyone. Anyway, let's get to the end. <laughs> All right. So Israeli Ben, ben Kenny's real name is Ashri Lamani. Yeah. And he's got 38,000 at the 1600 big blind level. So he's not doing super healthy here with the chips. He's got like 23 bigs. Um, 24 bigs. Yeah. And uh, he has two kings, though. So things are looking up already. That's good. Uh, he's in the cutoff. He's got the king of hearts and the king of clubs. And he makes it 3,400 in the cutoff. Fine. Normal sizing. Adrian Mateos is a guy I never want to play against, although I've played at the table with him. Hmm. Uh, I didn't actually get in any hands with him, luckily. It's nice to avoid those guys when you can. Yeah. One of the like potentially best players in the world. Probably yeah. good not to try to play against those. Agreed. And that's, that's Adrian Mateos. Uh, he has 60,000. He's in the big blind, and he's got eight of spades, six of hearts, eight, six off. He makes a pretty standard defend here. Uh, yep. A lot of people might argue for a fold here, but it's, it's just such a good price and everything, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, six off plays well enough. You're Adrian Mateos. You know, if this was 2012, everyone would be, including us, would probably be saying, well, obviously you fold, but it's 2018, and it's an obvious call. That's where we are now. Yeah. That's it. That's the, this, the race sizes are small enough. The antes are enough. We play well enough post-flop. It's more of a pot control world. There's all these good reasons to call. It's the life we've chosen. Yes. Calling with 8-6 off. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, man. <laughs> let's find out it's if it's higher variance than it used to be. Let's, let's find out if it works for Adrian here. Okay. Um, one argument against is that the opener is relatively short, but he's not short enough that we could consider folding out of the big blind here. How much did the opener make it? 3,400. Yeah, we just have to call. Yeah, we do. It's barely over him in race. The uh, odds the, are just ridiculous. The pot is 9,200 now. So you see, we only had to call uh, 1,800, and now the pot is 9,200. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the flop is a pretty good one for Mateos, a slightly scary one for Lamani, but at Lamani stack depth, it shouldn't matter too much. It's five, six, seven rainbow, five yep. of diamonds, six of clubs, seven of spades. Mateos flops middle pair with an open ender, and Lamani has the over pair, obviously. This is a spot, and this is something we've been exploring a lot on the podcast recently. This is a spot where... Depending on the stack depth, this mm. might be a spot to donk as Adrian Mateos. Agreed. Even Agreed. though we have a hand that has showdown value, which makes it less of a donking spot. Like you want something with maybe more than showdown value. This has or, more than showdown value. Well, it, it does. It also has the draw. But I mean, as far as the actual face value right now, like it has like high value right now. Um, like but when, you have to donk with high value hands too. 
right. This has got saying, good equity against What everything. I'm saying is typically when choosing a donking range, you might choose more current high face value hands and things that are more pure draws. When you say high face value, you mean like two pair plus. That's yeah, what you're like, saying. Okay. like if you have like a set sure. of sixes instead. That, that's a more traditional like donking range when you're when people do it at all, which people still don't really do. But one of the things, as you said, we've been talking about is really expanding a donking range much beyond that in spots where we're concerned that it's just going to check back. Forget concerned. Often the the other player's behavior, the original Razor's behavior is going to check back. And this is exactly the kind of flop people check back a lot and other good players do. And if you know they're going to check it back, whether you have it or not, it's reasonable to bet. Right. The argument against dunking with this specific hand is kind of the game theory disaster argument. Like a lot of the time we're going to fold out worse hands and get called by better hands. That is not... We do have, we do have equity against the better hands, right. but still. I mean, it's, it's not so bad, though, with a hand like this, right? Like, even against a hand like Kings, we're probably like 45% or something, right? Like, so if we have any fold equity... Oh, the thing is, like you're saying, like, do we want to have fold equity here? The problem, the other side of it is there's, there's a lot of cards on the turn, a big cards, like anything that's 10 or any Broadway card that comes is not great for us, right? Like, yes. And that's where suddenly like, we're like, well, we could have won this pot, and now we're often going to lose this pot, and that sort of sucks. Right, but that seems like the reason that bad players donk middle pair. Oh, I agree. I agree. No, the reason to donk is to have more of a donking range and to be able to attack this kind of a board when you don't have it. Yeah, I think... And you the, wanna, if you want to be bluffing more, you need to attack with this kind of a hand some of the time. I think it's... The key is the board texture here. Like, yeah. I, I think that's the main thing, reason to donk, not, not our actual hand strength. Uh, I agree. Five, six, seven rainbow hits the big blinds calling range way more than it hits the opener's range. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And it's, it's a reasonable thing. And as we said, because of this, like it's so often going to go check, check. Now with this many blinds for Lamani, yeah. it's less likely to go. Now knowing as Kings also, it's less likely to go check, check. He may decide he doesn't want to let a scary card come off on the turn. And like, he only has like 22 blinds now anyway, like let's go. And that's reasonable. Mateos could be going for a check raise because he does check. Yeah, I think he might. And then the check raise is sort of a similar problem, by the way, game theory wise. But at least now we get a bet in there, too. Right. Well, the check raise has some value that the donking doesn't, I think, in that because of stack depth, I think uh, you can sometimes expect Lamani to bet some of his hands with showdown value that could be even a little better than our hand that he may decide to fold to a check raise. I mean, name hands like that. I mean, it's, they're few and far between, but like A6 suited, hands like that. Okay, A6 suited is maybe the one hand that makes sense to me. Like, I don't think he's going to bet fold top pair on this board against Adrian Mateos. I just don't believe it. Probably not. With 22 blinds. Probably he may not, not but, even do that But with he's A6. a lot more likely to fold, like if, say he's 710 suited or something here for like a weak top pair. Yeah. He's a lot more, I'm not saying he will, but he's a lot more likely to fold to a check raise than to a dunk. Okay, but put yourself in Lamani's shoes for a moment. I don't think I can afford those shoes. I'm, I, I haven't seen them, but I assume they're very high-end shoes based on the rest of his outfit. Oh, does he have a super blingy outfit? It, it's like Bryn Kenny. He's I, wearing just, like, I was uh, just looking at his face. I didn't oh, he's wearing like a sweatsuit that looks like it probably cost a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Put yourself in someone else's shoes, but in, in Lamani's seat. Okay. Okay. I'll wear my shoes to his seat. Those seat are, the chairs are all the same. I know that. And you don't have to pay for those. You're, you're up against Adrian Mateos. You have 22 blinds. You, have, you open seven, 10 suited, let's say, in, yeah. the, in the cutoff or whatever. Let's say that's what you chose to do. I don't know if you would actually choose to do that with Mateos in the big blind, but let's say you did. He checks to you, and you decide to bet because you have top pair, and there's a million bad cards that are going to cut. Like, oh, most, most, most turn cards make your life difficult, right? Yes. Bring in straights, bring in bigger cards, bring in over cards, blah, blah, blah. You decide you're going to bet with your 22 blinds. Do you ever have a plan to bet fold? 
No, I'm just saying if there is a world where a fold is happening on the flop with that hand, it is not the donking world. It's the check raising world. That's okay. all I'm saying. I don't. I agree with you, but I think there's no world. I think none of those worlds really. I exist. think for a competent player, those worlds do not exist. I, I do believe. Not, I, I believe, do not know the relationship between these players, or yeah. if they know each other, or if if Mateos considers Lamani competent. Fair enough on all cases. From watching Lamani just play this one hand, I believe he's at least competent. Yes, mostly because of the next action he takes. Right. That's one of them. That's not the only action, but that's one of them. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that action, okay. which is to check back the two kings right. on the flop, which is cool. Yes. It's uh, a bit odd at this stack depth for the same reason that we would never be bet folding 710. We would never be bet folding kings. Right. Uh, and for, I mean, I guess we don't block a set of sevens when we have kings, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah. We're, we're better off with we, the kings but, usually. But, you know, yeah, like, it's fine. We... Let's go. (laughs) Like there are players with 22 blinds. You could bet fold exploitatively against with Kings on this board, but Adrian Mateos is certainly not one of them. Yeah. There aren't that many players. You can do that with 22. There were a lot more of them like eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, I don't know if you can really fold Kings. You could at least strongly consider it. Mateos is not a guy. Mateos is a guy you bet to get it in. You're, you're hoping he check raises you. You understand he has outs almost always. He's going to have at least a gut shot, if not a parent, a gut shot or, you know, an open ender or something. And uh, that's it. Like, so be it. And you were you were noting when we were watching this hand, uh, Maria Ho is doing the yeah. commentary here. And she was complimenting Lamani's check on the flop, but her reasoning seemed off. And yeah, she was talking about how he didn't want to get check raised because he believes Mateos is going to check raise this board a lot. But you should be fine if Mateos is the type of guy who's going to check raise this board a lot then you should be happy to get your 22 blinds in with kings. Exactamundo. Like, that's the reason about this board. We have kings and 22 blinds. Not exactly the same, but I'm going to tell a very quick story. Okay. From, like, 2011 or something, 2012. Uh, I played in a $1,500 event in the World Series of Poker. It was day one, actually. It folded to me. This is years ago, so let's not get, let's not get caught up in, you know, how things went. But it folded to me, and I had 5-6 off on the button, and I raised... And uh, the big blind called, and the flop was three four seven rainbow. So he checked, and I remember thinking, "Did you even have like a flush draw of any kind?" <laughs> so it was a good flop for me. Yeah. I flopped the nuts. So he checked me. And I remember thinking, "Oh, he's never going to believe I have any of this." This so this is a great time to bet. So I bet specifically. Be- now this is before we got people were thinking very much about board texture and stuff like sure. that and checkbacks and stuff. But I remember th- I don't even know like back then if I would have checked this board anyway because I think I probably was c betting some ridiculously high percentage back then. But I was aware that this is a really good candidate for him to like make a play at me. And in fact, he did like I bet and he check raised all in with queen 10. Well, that just seems like random spew that you have to take advantage of. It was totally random spew. Um, I got to double through him and then later busted him and had a lot of chips and ended up having a really great tournament. Uh, But the point is like, like that's the reason to bet sometimes is like, Oh, like, this is good for you and bad for me. You're going to make some plays on this board. Fantastic. You're never going to think this helps me. Right. It's a little different when you have the nuts versus just a one-pair hand that's kind of vulnerable, though. But kings in this spot is, yeah, like, with 22 blinds, I think comparable anyway. It's not right. exactly the same, but it's comparable. So to be clear, the reason that we're talking about it like this is because of stack depth. If, yes. If Lamani had 50 blinds, I think it's... 100 blinds. A lot more reasonable to check back. Yeah, this is the main event where you start with over 300 blinds. It's the second hand... I'm checking back my kings all day and not wanting to play a big pot here, but we're wanting to play a big pot with 20 blinds against freaking Adrian Mateos on this board. Yes. This board is, this is lined up for us to get a double up. It's kind of sweet. So we could decide we just always check this board and that's fine. 
Yeah, but the stack depth, I mean, I kind of lean towards a bet. Me too. For like the opposite reason that Maria Lo, Maria Ho liked the, the check. Yeah. I lean towards the bet because I'm fine getting it in against Adrian freaking Mateos. Like, because he's going to check raise this board a lot. That's a great reason. And he really might be check raising this board with this hand that he has. Yeah, he could like, decide to check raise sort of like it's a merge. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe you'll fold better hands, although you're really never going to fold better hands. But like, but the pot's kind of big enough, and he has equity against everything, and you don't really want to give a free card to hands like. King and the guy's Green. short. The guy's short enough that yeah, if he spikes top pair, he's never going to fold. Yeah. So like, whatever. Like, we can wrap it up now. And if you call, it's okay. If you have kings and you call, it's okay. I've got out. I've yep. got lots of outs. Got forty three percent. It's like great. Yeah. It's fine. And I'm Adrian Mateos. What do I care anyway? By the way, Mateos had a lot more chips too, right? So yeah, it wasn't a problem for him. Yeah. So I, I would guess a lot of the time Mateos is check raising here when they're when they're this short. Yeah, um, so I, I, think I, I think this is, I think this is a bet from an exploitative point of view. You could decide to play a GTO and just check because the board is so much more favorable to the big blinds range. Yeah, and you're just like, this is just a board I check, so I check, and that's that. And that's what Lamani did, and you can't really fault him for that. It's like he's he's playing the the board texture. You can't fault him, but I think the real money is made in poker by playing exploitatively, and this is a great opportunity to play exploitatively. I agree. It's hard to play exploitatively against a guy who's. Definitely way better than you, though. Right. Like Adrian Mateos. So this is a great opportunity right here, right now. Yeah. Now, maybe maybe Lamani's concerned that Mateos is good enough that he'll sort of see through all this and be like, well, you're only betting on this board against me in this spot if you have a good hand. Right. And so I, I can never check raise right. with so now, my middle pair. Right. Hand. So now I can't check raise. And so now as Lamani, you're like, I want to keep the bluffs alive. It's Mateos. And yeah. if, so, so maybe it goes both ways there. I don't know. But but Maria Ho's point was Mateos is going to check raise this board a lot, and it's like cool. Then well, then we should be betting to, like yeah. an overpair here for like, sure. I wonder if Mateos is just taking any nine in check raising here, like turning all of right. his gut shots into a bluff. I think know? he likely is. So yeah, then it's a really good reason to bet. Yeah, Mateos just may shove. He just may check shove his gutters. You yeah, know? his overcarding gutters or whatever. It's like let's go. What yeah. do I care? Um, you make the decision. You know, and it's fine if you call and I lose. I don't care. I've got a lot of chips. Um, that's totally reasonable. Well, Lamani checks. Yep. So that's what happened. Right. That's where but we this are. Does, but this does point to Lamani's probably competent that yes. he would even just like a lot of the bad players would always bet this board instead of like and not be aware of stack depth. And they're like, I have kings. I bet the bad players would bet this board and want their opponent to fold <laughs> or they want their opponent to check raise so they can re-raise all in with yeah. like 150 blinds, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the all, do all the things they shouldn't be doing instead of. Yeah, they want if you bet you want just a calm call, a chill call that thinks for a while. That'd be fine. I don't know, but when Mateos thinks for a while, it probably doesn't mean anything. Could I mean, if he calls, that's we want him to call, right? Calling is better than him raising. Uh, mostly, if we have a hundred, if we're a hundred blinds. Deep. Oh, if we're a hundred blinds deep for sure. Yeah, not if we're twenty blinds deep. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Anyways, check check. There's still ninety two hundred in the pot. Yes. Speaking of the pot, the pot nitrogen sports poker room offers a nice pot for you guys whoa if you use the link in the description we have our monthly tournament jonathan our monthly tournament grant that is a tournament that happens every month and that pot or prize pool that i'm referring to is 100 millibits 100 millibits that's like real money bro it's like 10 times 10 millibits yeah which is like 800 dollars right about now the buy-in by the way is only a tenth of a millet which is like 80 cents one tenth so, of a millibit, excuse me. Yeah, that's it's the like guarantee is eight hundred bucks or so. Yeah, uh, eighty cent buy-in. Those did line up properly mathematically, which is good. We did it to have finally done that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the reason you should play is because that means we need a thousand players to meet the guarantee, and we have never even gotten 
a whiff of a thousand. We yeah. haven't even hit triple digits. Yeah. There's four digits in a thousand, Jonathan. Yeah, we're not even at three digits. So yeah. get in there, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really just free money. Also, Nitrogen is a great site. It has good software. You don't have to download anything. Uh, you can sports bet. It's called Nitrogen Sports for a reason. They got yes. a lot of sports betting. You can do that too. Use the link in the description for that as well, just because it's fun to use the link in the description, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Grant. Yeah. Um, additionally... Was that a question? <laughs> yeah. Additionally? Uh, additionally, there's other casino games. Mm. And uh, they have very fast deposits and withdrawals. They you do. You withdraw your money. It takes about an hour. It's pretty sweet. It's yep. also free once a week. If you do it more than once a week, they charge you that same 0.1 millibit. So yeah. it's not really a big 80 deal. Cents. Yeah. And, you know, mo- just to give you a sense, other places, either they charge you a lot of money or it takes a long time. A lot of money being, you know, can be like between 5 and $20. Um, or it takes, you know, days and days and days or even weeks to get your money. This is like... Or you never get it. Yeah, or you never get it, which has happened certainly yeah. for us as well. But an hour to an hour and a half to get the money, that's super sweet. Depositing is pretty much instantaneous. It's a great, great site, and we, we're big fans. We're big fans. And I'm a big fan of Adrian Mateo, so let's get back to this. Okay. This here hand where we've got the 5-6-7 rainbow board, Mateos with 6-8 offsuit for the pair in the open ender. His opponent, Ashri Lamani, who started the hand with 24 blinds, has... Two kings. Uh, it's gone check, check on that flop. The turn is the jack of hearts. Right. Usually if that changes ever, anything, it's one player made a pair of jacks. Usually. <laughs> often it would be Lamani a lot of the time. I mean, it, it could be Mateos too. It could, be, it could be either of them, yeah. really. But um, Lamani probably has more jacks in his range, but not by a lot. He does at this point because he chose to check back the flop, I think. like he, Mateos is almost always checking the flop, and but Lamani chose to check back the flop. So he might have hands like queen jack and stuff. I mean, More frequently. Lamani, though, as we see, is just checking back this flop yes. regardless. So I think they're both checking this flop 100% of the time, probably. And if that's the case, then they both have the same amount of jacks in the range and they did if before. if that's the case, they're also just both really boring. You know, like... Change it up a bit, you know? 100%. The question is, actually, who has more jacks in their range? Mateos has all the suited jacks. 100% of the suited jacks. True. He's got jack 7. I don't think he can have jack 6, but maybe he can have jack 6 and jack 5. Uh... Well, Lamont, so actually, so Adrian has more jacks. The thing is, he doesn't have jack-jack. He doesn't have ace-jack. Yeah. I don't think he has ace-jack. The guy started with 24 blinds. I don't think Mateos is going to just call with ace-jack very often there, right? No, he's, he's probably going to just effectively just, move him in. Yeah. Three-bet and go with it, whatever. Yeah. Maybe uh, not always. Maybe, maybe sometimes he can have ace-jack there. Well, Lamont, has the stronger jacks in his range. I mean, ace-jack's the only question, right? Everything, it's jack-jack is the only thing which we know yeah. Mateos almost never has. But besides that, it's possible Mateos can have all the other jacks, too. Yeah, it's possible. So that means Mateos has more jacks. Turns out it doesn't really matter. Nobody has a jack. Right. But Lamani may think, okay, maybe Adrian hit this jack. This could be great. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Mateos checks again. It makes sense on this card. Any, like any bad card, you kind of are forced to check again here, I think. Right. And this is where that donking thing... Not that this, not that we were donking for protection or anything like it, but now it starts to get a little bit weird where we have one pair and we lost a lot of our equity because this card didn't help us, you know, and that we could have fallen behind now and we definitely have to pay off at least on the turn and probably the river, at least on a lot of rivers, you know, whatever. That's not why we're donking. We're not donking to save ourselves from that, but that is one of the nice benefits of donking sometimes is we do fold out equity. That is cool. Yeah. Now, now we are losing the queen jack, whereas before right. we would have just had queen jack fold and. That would have been nice. That would have been cool. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah. So point being, I don't think there's really any value in betting for Mateos here. I guess there's further protection, but there's not really actual value. We can bet. Um, 
We can bet mostly, yeah, to deny equity still. That's, that's it, really. That's the only thing that comes of it, yeah. Because it's not like Lamani's going to call with two threes if we bet now. Like, he's, he doesn't have enough of a stack depth to consider right. that. Right, I agree. So, yeah, I think checking makes sense. That's what Mateos does. Now Lamani's like, all right, Adrian, I hope you hit that jack. I hope you have some sort of one-pair hand that you can continue with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bet. He bets a bit bigger than most most players do in this spot. He bet 5,300 to 9,200. Uh, is it a rainbow board on the turn? Uh, let's see. Yes. Okay. So we're really just... So I think we're betting because the board's a little bit wetter from a straight from a straighty point of view. So we're, so we're sizing it up a little bit, which makes sense. But that's all I got. Yeah. I mean... We also believe at this point, like, Mateos is calling us with any pair, any draw. Yeah, I guess maybe we're trying to set up a shove on the river or close. Not, I guess we, we wouldn't. can't really shove it's the river. It's not really that much, but set up a big bet on the river where this, we sorry, go ahead. can get called. This is, why, this is why I kind of like betting the flop, too, so we can, yep. try and get, we can try and shove the river on certain rivers. And, like, instead now it's going to be really hard to do that. Like, yeah, it's going to be an absurd bet on the river. When we start the hand with 24 blinds in a tournament where that's far below average at this point, it's not like a lot of people have 24 blinds here. We should really be looking at an opportunity to double up with, with Kings, even on this flop. Yeah, I agree. So that's, Uh, that's definitely a reason. I think we're just, and the problem of course is like, if we're going to check back ACE King and ACE Jack and ACE Queen and ACE 10 and King Queen and better over pairs, it's possible. We're just going to get eaten alive, even with 22 blinds, you know, it's possible. And maybe, and that's clearly what's going on. Like that's why Lamani's not betting. Um, but if we think there's a real chance that Adrian may check raise this board a fair amount, like I think we just have to bet our good hands here sometimes, right? We could also, by the way, once, by the way, if we bet this and he folds and we had two kings, we're like, okay, I can bet some of my bluffs. I can bluff here a little bit now too and at times, right? Like yeah. I can bet ace king once in a while or maybe ace king's too good. I can bet, you know, king jack here yeah. next time or maybe not next time, but the time after, you know, like he can see, he can, I can show him a check back. I can, I can bet again. I can show him a balanced thing here and he doesn't really know what to do if, if I'm going to stay at this blind depth. That's reasonable. He's hoping not to stay at the blind depth, though. Right. He's hoping to increase those blinds. Right. Well, then it wouldn't matter as much, right? Yeah. Maybe he's ma- trying to make up for a little bit of lost value with the, the size of this bet. That's possible. Um, as Mateos, what do you think? Do you think there's any option other than call here? No. 5,300 on the turn? I think it's dumb to do anything but call. Yeah. I mean, folding <laughs> is clearly wrong. I mean, the straight draw doesn't have as much value as it had in the flop, but it still does have value. Yeah. This guy could have a lot of hands, just be repping the jack. Yep. Absolutely. Like he checked back the flop. He's betting the Jack. He may be doing that no matter with his entire range, basically. Yeah. Like these guys may be playing their entire ranges just like this. Like that, the entire ranges that made it to the flop this way. Yeah. Like check, 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 bet. Like, so I think we have a very easy call here. Yep. And there's really no value in raising at this point. Cause when we get no. called, cause we're effectively shoving if we raise. Yeah. And like, he's not folding a Jack. He's not folding pretty much any better hand. Maybe he folds a seven now. He might fold, I mean, he might fold eights, nines, and tens. Now. He might check those back on the turn too, though. He's not folding eights. I guess he's open-ended. Yeah. He's not going to do that even though. Um, but he might decide to check those back on the turn. You're right. Those may be the, the few hands that he, he may even check back a seven on the turn. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. He might bet the seven on the turn. But yeah, but there's not much that we're folding out. That's what we want, especially because a lot of those hands may decide to check back, like you're saying. Right, and we don't have enough equity to feel so comfortable anymore against hands like that because we only have one card to come. Like, if you have a six here, you might check the flop. You might check the turn again, right? Yeah. You're like, why mess around? Like, I'll bluff catch against Adrian on the river and maybe value bet the river if he checks me a third time. Like, that's got to be better than betting now, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we can't check race. 
We're yeah. not going to fold out anything we want to fold out. Right. So Mateos calls. Yep. Because he's good. Well, he knows that's what you're supposed to do. Everyone does. I think most people call here, but sure. Yeah, that's true. But he also is good. Yes. So those are things. Pot's now 19,800. Okay. River. River is the nine of spades. What is our effective stack at this point? Uh, it's about 30K. Okay. So, so know, 150% one, of pot. Got it. Um, River is the nine of spades. So Mateos makes a straight. It's a very right. obvious straight. It's the most obvious straight. Yes. Uh, and Mateos decides to donk. Yeah. I think this is probably the only good decision you could make here is to donk. The question is how much? Against this player, I think specifically we should be donking. Against Chino Ream, we should probably check. Yeah, against uh, Chino Ream, we should probably check. Let him let him go all in, and then we just insta call and almost always win. I think the I think you could say that sentence in any scenario. <laughs> yeah, against, against Chino, Chino Ream. Ream, we should probably check. Well, if you have it and he you're in position, he's already checked. You probably shouldn't check. Okay, fine. That's it on the river. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, but against this kind of a guy, I think it's just absurd. Like it's one of these things where we bet and we're just like, I hope he has ace Jack. Cause like, yeah, it's so hard to get called here by anything, but he's just going to check back. Like if he has anything, sh- unless he's bluffing. And the thing is, how is he supposed to be bluffing? Like he would have almost certainly bet if he had like an eight, like an eight, that wasn't a made hand on the flop. That's like one of the few hands he might bet on this board texture, you know? Like an open and straight draw, he yeah. might decide to actually bet that. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he checks everything back and it doesn't matter. But like, it's hard to believe this guy's got a straight. And if he doesn't have a straight, he's got any kind of made hand, he's going to check it back, right? Yeah. Like, he's too short to mess around. Right. Right. Yeah. We're not expecting too many bluffs here. No. Now, we, co- I, I mean, what can we have that he could bluff off us, bluff us off of? Like, if we have a six ourselves, yeah. we could have called the turn, which we would have done. He bets big on the river. I guess we could fold. Pretty much any five, six, or seven. Yeah, we could, we could strongly consider folding those now. But the thing is, but he's only repping a straight when he does that. I guess he could... Could he ever have two pair and be betting? Yeah. Yeah, once jack we, check, nine. we check again. I mean, I think he could bet two he pair. He could bet jack nine. Yeah. Okay, so he's repping two pair, but only a few two pair combos, I think. Some sets. Maybe some sets. There's not much. So, I don't know. It gets weird. Yeah, it just feels like not not an optimal bluff spot in general with the stack depth. So Mateos is thinking, usually I'm not going to get called when I donk here. Right. But that's the only way I'm getting any more money unless we're chopping in like, this pot. He, uh, it's more likely, I'm more likely to get called if I donk than for him to put in chips when he has a made hand. Right. And beyond that, his logic seems to follow that might as well get paid well because he bets 15K into 19.8, which is a pretty big bet. Well, that's the thing we need to talk about. Yeah. Right, is the sizing. Okay. Because uh, clearly betting is... Feel, feels like the right move here. Yeah. So often, by the way, I'm sure you've been in this spot a million times where you, you've been check calling, you get there, and then you bet big on the river, and you're like, it's so obvious. Yeah, like, how am I going to get called? Yeah, and then they call a lot anyway, you know? It's really fascinating how often they call. There's they call a, too often, I There's think. a major fear of getting bluffed, especially if you have any sort of a reputation, which you and I do in our local circles, so that yeah. helps getting called. Adrian Mateos clearly has a reputation internationally. Yeah. So... He's, cap- he's certainly capable of not having it here, which is a good reason to bet. Oh, Mateos especially. Like, it makes perfect sense that he, he's going to get called a lot, I would think, by reasonable hands. He probably should be getting called the a question, lot. I have a question he could turn He could turn a, a main hand into a bluff here. Go on. I have a question here. Does Mateo, is Mateos good enough to do this for value with, like, two pair hands? And, and yes. Good enough isn't necessarily the way to put it. Is it, is it a good idea to do that as Mateos with, yes. like, two pair type hands? Just like it's easy bet fold spot. I think it's an easy bet fold spot. 
Okay. Super easy. That's problematic. Super clear. That's problematic for the two kings. That really expands the value range because against most players who aren't like really good players, you're going to be looking at mostly just straights as the value. Right. And then it's yeah, you narrow their range so much it's easier to call. But Mateos is probably going to have all the two pair combos that are available. I think so. So that's problematic for for well, two kings. Well, here's the thing. Mateos may have uh may have check raised a bunch of the two pair on the turn. He may have. Or have led a bunch of the two pair on the turn. Yeah, that's true. So actually, we can we can knock out at least some combos of that stuff. Uh, but Jack 9, 9 6, 9 7, 9 5 suited, those all, like anything that has a 9 in it, yeah. that is probably going to bet the river for Mateos. Like it's a super easy bet fold spot, and he balances it really well with having made the straight. Yep. Now, he has to have a pair and a straight draw to have made the straight because the guy bet a little too much on the turn for him to just check call out of position. But he probably has enough of those with the two pair combos. That probably works pretty, probably pretty close to each other. Right. So probably as works out well. now, we're weighing that, which is not good for our kings, that Mateos is going to have a right. more expanded value range versus the fact that Mateos is also going to be more willing to bluff here than most players because as played, it seems likely that Mateos has a more eight heavy range than Lamani does. Yeah, for so sure. So it's a good spot for a bluff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, I think... So how do you weigh these factors when you have two kings here? It's uh, It sucks. It yeah. really sucks. Um, a lot of people would come back to distribution, yep. which is reasonable. Yep. For sure. I'm not sure if we should be falling on distribution yet. I don't know if that, that's supposed to be like our... Well, if everything else seems to be pretty equal, we do distribution, right? Yeah. Um, let's think about it from the point of view of if we call and we lose... Like, let's do, like, best case, worst case. We call and we lose. We're down to, like, 15,000 chips. Yeah, we've got under 10 bigs. Right. So that's real bad. Yeah. We call and we win. What are we going to be at? We call and we win. We yeah. are going to it's be... It's going to be, like, 30, 20, 35 plus... We'll have 65,000. That's good. So we're going to have, like... 40 blinds. A little less than 40. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 40 blinds. So that's really good. And right now we have, like, 18 blinds. Yeah. Or 19 blinds. Okay. So drop to 10, go up to 40. Okay, so that feels like pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Like, now, a drop from 18 to 10 is significant. It's a big deal, especially in a well-structured tournament. Or nine. It's even nine. It's 18 yeah. to nine. At the same point, 20 to 40 is also significant. Like, you really, you're in a different tier in terms of how you can play. Those may be of about equal significance, though, because as we've talked about, uh, chips lost are more valuable than chips won in a survival tournament setting. That's true. I would think twice as many chips won at this stack depth is worth more than than the the nine blinds we'd lose. Like, especially considering we're not near any big ICM spots. Exactly. Like if we were near, if we were right on the bubble or, or right near the bubble, that might feel different. Yeah. We're like, wow, we kind of have to hold on to these eighteen blinds. Of course, Mateos knows that, and we could level ourselves into anything. But so I think the risk reward leans to the side of call because the reward is really good, knowing that Mateos can absolutely have yeah. bluffs here. I think I agree with that. It just su- sucks so bad to play against good players. Here's the question, though. We have to ask ourselves this. How often is Mateos turning a pair into a bluff? Like if he has something like 4-7? Sure. 4-5. Yeah. 4-7. Um, anything like that. I don't know. Because if he's not doing that, then we can't call. Right, because he has to have something to call the turn. He can't. He's not just calling with an eight on the turn. There's no way. Right. There's no way. It's we bet too much. We don't have enough behind. There's right. no chance. He's got to have a made hand as well. Which means that that leads me towards call yeah. because there's fewer eights available then. Okay, but if he's not turning a made hand into a bluff, that leads me towards fold. Like, is he turning one pair into a bluff? Because it's so often going to go check check, and he's just going to win a lot, right? 
Yeah. So the question is, is he like, I got to blow you off your jack or, or whatever else you have that you check back? Or is he like, you have ace high so often you're always betting that jack. It doesn't matter. I've got more than enough showdown value here. From a traditional perspective, if we're not really thinking so much about the board-based check back on the flop, because we're aware of Lamani's yeah. board-based check back, if we aren't so aware of it, it feels like a pretty clear check with all of your showdown value on right. a spot like this. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, with the board base thing, if we know Lamani is checking all his overpairs, which it looks like he is. Yeah. Or maybe almost all his overpairs. Maybe maybe he's betting eights, you know? He still has a lot more ace highs than overpairs. Yeah. Like a lot more. Mm-hmm. But she might play just like this. Right. Right. King Queen played just like this. King Queen maybe feels the need to bluff the river. Maybe. But then Mateos can make the decision to right. call with his one pair. He hand. can still call. He's yeah. Mateos. He can be like, wait a second. So you have an eight and this is how you played it or you're getting super cool with like what two pair of Jack nine suited. You could have Jack nine suited. That fits the story. I guess, you know, you have, you have a, you have an overpair and you're the sickest human in the world. Unlikely. That's me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if Mateos is going to be turning one pair into a bluff this way. I, I don't, I I legitimately don't know the answer to that question. If we think he is, then we have to consider calling. If we don't think he's turning one pair into a bluff, we cannot call. Yeah, I think he's capable of it. I just don't know if he's doing it in this spot. I don't think we're supposed to call. I'm now t- I didn't know that that was going to talk about. I didn't know which way I was going to lean on this, the but now th- that we're talking about it. The thing that sucks so much is that we're asking a question like this and we legitimately don't know the answer. Right. Because Mateos is just like this black box of poker genius that <laughs> we don't understand. Sure. And uh, it, like, it's so much easier to play against Darwin Moon. You know, like, yeah. can't we just be against Darwin Moon and just be like, fold? Right. <laughs> like, so easy. <laughs> Easiest <laughs> like, fold in the world. Yeah. Um, like we know that the David Peters of the world and the kind of dryings of the world absolutely can make this move and be turning one pair into a bluff or we've seen him do yeah. it. Um, I know Mateos has got this play in his arsenal. I don't know if he's got it right now at this stack depth based on everything and based on the story of this hand where he may just feel like, are you kidding me? A six is, is like good more than why would I ever turn a six into a bluff here? Or if he's like, Oh, I, it's just, it's a just in case play and he's short. Of course I'm going to turn into a bluff. Like I literally don't know how he thinks there. Neither do I. You can make a reasonable case either way. So, I think I think I personally would be checking a six here. I would call and I would check and be like, just check it back. And I win a lot, right? Okay, here's reasons to call. Go. Um, these are less game theory based, more game flow based. We check back the flop. Assuming Mateos doesn't know we check back 100% of the time, we are underrepped at this point. So he may assume that he has more of an ability to bluff us off hands than he does. Okay, I... I will wait and then dispute that point when you're done with this this thought. I think that's all I had. Oh, okay. Yeah. I dispute that point only because they've been playing at this table together. If you we've ever... For, you don't know for how long. You're you right. You have no idea. Yeah, that's you true. You are just in the wind right now, aren't you? <laughs> Mateus has seen us as Lamani play flops at all heads up, which he probably has. He's seen when we're betting, when we're checking back, and he's Mateos. He's noticing that kind of stuff. So if he ever sees us check back one of these flops, he's like, oh, you're one of those guys. Cool. Now I know. You know what I mean? Like, so I d- it's possible this is the first hand he's seen Lamani play like this, but it's unlikely, right? So, so I don't think we can give too much credence to that. I give credence. Okay. Are there any other reasons to call besides that? It's Adrian Mateos and... It's hard to figure out, and yes. I want more chips. And we're underwrapped in distribution. Yeah. Those are reasons to call. Yeah. That's and, fair. And the chip differential that you gave earlier yes. of like the 18 to 9 blinds versus the 18 to 40 blinds. I mean, 18 to 9 does matter, though, too. Yeah. But yes, I think I think the 22 blind jump up is worth more than the 9 blind jump down at these stack depths. At 500 blinds deep, it's not. Yeah. Neither of them, neither of them are really, neither of them matter. Right. At 60 blinds... I don't even know. It's all pretty close, I guess. Um, 
but I think we're supposed to fold because I would I would really need to know that Mateos is turning a, a, a parent to a bluff here. Yeah. Just donking it like this and is like the sickest human. And it's hard to give... I know it's Mateos, so it's possible. And we've seen him do some sick stuff, but it's hard to give him credit for being the sickest human right now out of nowhere. Yeah, I think... You may just have to let this one go. If if we give Mateos credit for betting all of his two pair in better hands, I think that's or yeah, that's enough to make it a fold. I believe he's betting all. His, but again, the only two pair he have that he plays this way, or most of the two pair he has that he plays this way, including nine. Yeah. So there aren't that many of them. There aren't that many of them. But there and, are some, and yeah. there aren't really any sets. But if we only give him straights for value, we might have to call. Yeah. Because Absolutely. He has to have a pair in straight draw. Right. No. Then then we have to call. I agree with you because he's got to have. 9-8 for the flop nuts and be playing it this way, or like you said, 7-8, 6-8, Yeah. That's kind of it. Jack-8. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So whatever, man. Like, that's an easy call. But that's, it's Adrian Mateos, so nothing's easy when you're playing Adrian Mateos. And you, you can make a reasonable case that, you know what? I don't know what to do. I've got kings. I'm under rep. Let's put the chips in. It's yeah. Mateos. Like, it's Mateos. He doesn't have to have it. I know he doesn't have to have it. I don't want to make a bad fold here when I can get up to 40 blinds. I'm I don't calling. know what I would have done in this spot. I don't with, know either. Without, you know, a 45-minute podcast to talk. It exactly. Through. Like, I lean towards calling in all these spots, but I don't know that I really would have here because I think I would have remembered I bet a lot on the turn. I bet too much on the turn for him to call without a pair. Yeah. And I'd be, I think I'd probably put him on jack nine or nine, nine, seven or something like that and think he's making a sick two-pair play and you not trying to do a just-in-case shove. Well, I would hate to get snapped by the straights. Well, that's part of the problem with yeah. everything. So I think I'd just probably fold and, and stay the hell out of it. Well, that's not what Lamani does. He calls. But I don't, I don't even really know. I mean, it's possible I would call, too. I mean, I have in the past called many times in these spots. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure Lamani did not win this event, so this hand probably didn't help. No, this one made it much tougher. He's down to nine blinds Yeah, on day two. Yeah. It's hard. Really, it's possible, but it's real hard. Yep. And I was just remembering busting out day two of the World yeah. Series main, making me sad. Because, you know, I was down to nine blinds at one point. There was a guy on my left on day two, all of day two, literally all of day two, who um, got short early and stayed short the entire time and, like, folded himself down multiple times, like, two and three blinds. Whoa. And then would triple up. I think I personally doubled and tripled them up, like, three times. Uh, would triple up and then fold right back down and triple up and fold. But it was crazy. And uh, one time I saved him because I raised he re-raised and i was for a guy limped i raised he re-raised all in for just a little bit more we both called um there was a significant side pot because he was so short oh no so he raised all in and i yeah that was it wasn't for more it was for significantly less yeah like i raised to like four blinds i think he moved in for like two so the the other the limper called and i see bet the flop because the the side pot was bigger than the main pot with ace queen high and uh, I ended up winning that. I won the side pot, and the other and the other guy had two fives, the the short dude, and so he won. And the guy was so upset with me on the limper because he's like, I would have knocked him out. No, it didn't matter. It was like midway through day two. Who cares? People. I wanted I wanted the side pot, but like the guy, but the dude who was short, his name was Andrew. He's like, dude, steak dinner. I'm buying you steak mm. and lobster. That was a ama- you know he like couldn't believe how lucky he was that it all like you know that like that that series of events happened that way where i decided to turn like because you know everyone in these spots always checks it down and i'm like fuck that whoops well Well, too bad it's out there it's out there um you know there's that side pot is significant of course i'm gonna win that side this guy's folding all the this guy's gonna overfold if anything when i bet into the the quote you know like the all-in player which is good like great and also i'm ahead of the all-in players range anyway 
Yeah, let's let's do a quick PSA about uh, the whole like all in player three way pot thing here. Okay, because I feel like a lot of players out there, and you know who you are, people. You think you think simply that the fact that there's an all-in player means you're supposed to check it down against your opponent no matter right. what, especially if you don't have anything. Right. Which is often the case. If yes. there is n- literally no side pot, that certainly makes sense. It does, especially when you have really nothing. But if there's a side pot of any significance, that completely changes the dynamic. And yes. if it's day two and you don't make the money till day four, it doesn't matter if you knock one player out. Nobody cares. Right. It doesn't matter. Like the only player who cares is the guy who's all in. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. It does like it is getting one player close to the money when like in the main event, we were th- literally thousands and thousands of players away from the money. Yeah. It did not matter. But but the guy who limped and then I knocked out with my ace queen. I knocked out meaning he folded the flop. Uh, told me I was stupid, told me it was an incredibly bad bet and spent time telling me how bad I was. And I didn't say anything because I didn't see any reason to educate yeah, him. Well, he's the dumb one. Obviously, Obviously, I mean, there, you, there was a side pot to win. Yeah, that, that's significant. That he matters. Said, he said that is literally the, the stupidest bet I've ever seen. Wow. And I was like thinking I want to I, I actually made chips on this, even though I'm going to lose the showdown. Like, it's incredible that you think that. But obviously, I didn't say that. Yeah, that's not a not a smart guy. Doesn't no. sound like he's one of those guys like like we're talking about that you were taught young in your poker career that right. you don't bet it when there's an all-in player and there's side action because of and there's a good reason for it. If right. there's a dry side pot, there's nothing in the side pot. There's to nothing win. to win. It it's doesn't make he, sense to bet unless you have it in right. that case. Right. But that does not apply if there is any side pot and it's unbelievable to me that people don't understand the difference. And this is also true by the way. There can be a side pot and you can still decide to check it down even when you have something because there's significant money jumps right, or right on the bubble. There's, there's like places where it makes in, sense. If there's four left in the main event, the next money jump is 1.5 million. Check it down yeah. unless you really like really you don't just have it. You have yeah, like you really top have, set. Yeah. yeah, you have to really have it now because the value of knocking the player out is worth more than the side pot yeah. by a lot. Great. But, the, but what you see is sort of what Grant's talking about is people hear a rule and don't understand why it's, why, you know, yeah. like to hear it as a rule, first of all, instead of just like as a guideline, but don't understand the, the real logic behind it and then just apply it everywhere. And then this is exactly actually why poker is profitable because that's what people do with all these different things, right? right? Like, oh, you're supposed to continuation bet and then they continuation bet like Barry Greenstein, you know, way, way, way too much or they bet right. way too big because I don't know why, because they have to protect against the draws or something. They have all their reasons and... But they're not, they're not thoughtful reasons, and they apply them everywhere instead of applying them selectively. Right. So, been learnt. Lesson been learnt. Yeah. Well, we're done. And all okay. I need is one mic, and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.